Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, well, before we get into it today, I'll just let you know what's going on. Things are crazy busy here. I'm just about to um, start my book week touring for for 2023. They say it's book week, but really it's six weeks. I'll be traveling all around four or five different states of Australia. So um, hopefully I'll get to see some of you out there. It's mainly school visits, unfortunately, but there'll be a few public events There's one this afternoon in Adelaide, um, and then there's one coming up in a couple of weeks in Brisbane. And then, of course, there's the live shows coming up in Sydney at the Riverside and um, at Canberra at the Belconnen Arts Centre. So if you want to get tickets to those two shows, you can can get them through my website. Just go to the Live Shows tab, and uh, you'll see how you can get tickets there. And if you want to go to the thing in Adelaide this afternoon, which is at Hamrell Library, or you want to go to, in two weeks' time, I'm going to be in Brisbane and I'm going to be doing just a quick sort of a, a sign-in slash appearance at Riverbend Books. Anyway, if you want the details of that, uh, look it up on my social media. I'll, I'll try and post something on my website too so you can uh, figure out the details and see if you can make it because um, some fans got in touch and said they were going to be in Australia for the the World Cup women's soccer. So um, they're going to come along to that. So that's great. If there's people from overseas in Australia for uh, that amazing sporting event, then it would be great to catch up with some of you. All right. Well, I think that's enough of that. Um, oh, I should say my website is raspratt.com and my Instagram handle is at raspratt and my Facebook handle is at raspratt, but I'm not on Twitter or TikTok, so don't look for me there. Okay. So if you want any details, that's the place to find out. Okay. I'm a little bit brain addled today because I'm desperately trying to finish writing Friday Barnes 12 before I go away on tour because once I'm on tour, it's really hard to keep writing. Um, and my publishers are starting to get very fretful that they haven't got it yet. So um, I head off on Monday. I'm recording this now on Sunday. No, it's Saturday. <laughs> um, and I really, really want to try and get it done Uh by the end of this week, even though I'll be away, I'm going to try and squeeze it out. So that's what's going on here. Uh, I thought you might like to know, but let's just get into the story because that's the fun bit. Okay, we're still reading The Pesky Kids 5, The Final Mission, and we're up to Chapter 26. Now, I did have a check and see how much is left of the book, and it's not too much, but uh, I'm not sure, like, it's. I'm not going to finish it this week but there's definitely going to be one, maybe two more weeks in it. It'll just depend how much time I've got to record next week because it'll either be one bumper week or I'll split it out over two weeks. But anyway, today we're doing Chapter 26, The Parade. I feel so humiliated, said April. She was standing in the car park of the co-op stock feedlot wearing her father's daggy brown dressing gown. It was massively oversized for her. 
April was scrawny and not terribly tall, so the sleeves fell way past her wrists and she had to clutch the collar to her neck so it wouldn't gape open. Pumpkin had grabbed hold of the belt and was thrashing it back and forth, as if it were a snake he desperately had to kill. Loretta was dressed like a fairy tale princess. She had on a long pink gown which literally glittered in the sunlight because it had tens of thousands of sequins sewn into the taffeta. She'd also tipped a whole jar of confetti over herself to be extra, especially eye-catching. As April and Loretta stood side by side, they were like chalk and cheese. If chalk was incredibly glamorous and beautiful, and cheese looked like it'd been pulled through a hedge backwards. You need to take off the dressing gown, said Loretta. No, never, said April. I know you're not comfortable wearing a dress, said Loretta, but surely you can't be more comfortable wearing that. It's one thing when Dad wears it, but he's middle-aged and bumbling. No one has any expectations of him. You're about to be the star in the potato parade. Yeah, well, I don't want to do that either, said April. I gave the stylist your measurements and a variety of photographs so she could appreciate your colouring, said Loretta. I'm sure the dress looks lovely. I don't want to know how you got my measurements, said April, glowering at her self-adopted sister. April had refused to buy a dress for the parade. She hated clothes shopping. So Loretta had arranged for one to be custom-made when she was ordering her own. April was now wearing this dress underneath the hideous dressing gown, which she refused to take off, so Loretta had not seen her creation yet. Loretta recognised that this was a delicate situation. She couldn't force April to reveal the dress, or she might fly into a rage, or storm off, or any of the usual ways April dealt with emotional situations. This whole thing is ridiculous and, and patriarchal, muttered April. She was clearly gearing up to throw a tantrum. Loretta decided it would be diplomatic to change the subject. I wonder where Finn could be. Finn had promised to build April's float, but she hadn't seen it yet. Given that the parade was about to start in just a few minutes, he was cutting it rather fine. Loretta's float was as magnificent as her dress. She had a two-wheeled carriage pulled by Vladimir, her faithful, if perpetually grumpy, stallion. The carriage had been bedecked with pink faux toilet paper. Loretta didn't use actual toilet paper because that struck her as being tacky. So she'd had custom faux toilet paper handmade by paper artists in Kyoto and flown over specially. It was so convincingly like toilet paper that you could barely tell the difference, which just goes to show the superb craftsmanship involved. The staging area was round the back of the co-op stock feedlot, away from the start of the parade. The floats always met there so they'd be out of sight from the main street of town. That way, all the locals could pretend to be surprised by yet another display of toilet paper-covered trucks and utes as they rolled out into full view of the town. To be fair, some of the toilet paper festooned vehicles were quite impressive. Daisy Odin's daughter had transformed a sheep truck by dangling long lengths of toilet paper behind it that would flutter like flags when the truck picked up speed. And Matilda had metamorphosed her dad's Toyota Hilux into a giant daffodil. How did you get the yellow bits? asked April. I've never seen yellow toilet paper. I dyed it, said Matilda. Not with urine, I hope, said April. Of course not, snapped Matilda. Well, it's not so ridiculous, said Loretta. Venetian women used to soak their hair in urine, then sit out in the sun to bleach it. That's disgusting, said Matilda. It's rude to be judgmental of other cultures, said April. Urine is disgusting in every culture, said Matilda. Unless you're in a wetsuit in cold water, said Loretta, then urine is lovely and warm. Oh, your whole family is gross, said Matilda. 
She stropped off to make final adjustments to her throne. It was gaffer taped onto the truck bed. She wanted to make sure her dad hadn't skimped and bought the generic tape that didn't stick properly. She didn't want to topple off the side of the truck when she turned into Main Street. Where is Finn? asked April. I bet he forgot to build me a float and he's hiding because he knows I'll kill him. Oh my gosh, said Loretta, pausing between each word for maximum dramatic emphasis. Pumpkin started barking excitedly. April turned to see what Loretta was looking at. It was April's float, and it was far from invisible. It was the giant potato Finn had been ordered to fix by the CWA. He'd fixed it all right, and improved it. The potato now had wheels. The massive mobile spud rumbled down the back street, belching diesel smoke out of an improvised chimney at the top. It pulled up next to April and Loretta. Finn climbed out from underneath. He looked very dapper. He dressed up for the occasion, was wearing a tuxedo. You turned the giant poop into a car? asked April. Finn nodded proudly. We inserted Neil's Nan's tractor into the base. Neil's inside now, working on the engine. April peered in through a hole at the front of the potato. It was dark inside, but she could see something moving about. Hello, Neil, she called. Good luck, said Neil. You look lovely. I'm wearing my dad's dressing gown, said April. Neil didn't say, you always look lovely, but that's what he was thinking. Is this safe to drive on the road, asked April. I doubt it, said Finn. The tractor wasn't safe before we put the potato on top. You'll be fine, said Loretta. The parade crawls along at five kilometres an hour. You can't fall off at that speed. And even if you do, it won't hurt that much. Matilda bustled over. She was clearly angry. Floats are meant to be decorated with toilet paper, she yelled. You can't upstage us with this abomination. It's a potato pageant and this is a giant potato, said April. That's appropriate. And it looks like a giant poo, said Loretta. So that fits with the theme of toilet paper. Typical, snapped Matilda. You pesky kids ruin everything. She stormed off to sit on her own float. But where am I supposed to sit, asked April. Duh, said Finn, as if this was the most stupid question he'd ever been asked. On the top, said Finn. April stood up on her toes to try and get a better view of the giant potato. As it rumbled closer, she could make out the shape of a chair. One of the dining chairs from her own kitchen, in fact, attached to the top. I've got to sit up there where everyone can see me, demanded April. That's the whole idea of a float, said Finn, to sit with everyone looking at you. But under this dressing gown, I'm wearing a dress, wailed April. I don't want people to see me looking like this. April, get a hold of yourself, ordered Loretta. Focus on what's important to hear. Winning! And humiliating Matilda Vosnevers. Oh, please, said April, with none of her characteristic venom. She seemed almost defeated. I'm not going to win anything. No one will have voted for me. I know I annoy everyone. I know everyone can't wait to see the back of me. You do? asked Finn. It had never occurred to him that April might know this. I'm not a moron, said April. I know, I just don't care. Then why are you doing this, asked Finn. He knew April found it humiliating to wear a dress. He wasn't sure why it upset her, but it clearly affected her self-identity so much that she found it physically distressing to be seen in one. It's Matilda's fault, exclaimed April. I only agreed to this because I lost my temper and I couldn't stand the smug look on her face. Well, that's a pretty good reason, said Loretta. Matilda is very annoying.
No, it's stupid," said April. "I shouldn't care what she thinks. That's just guff. But this, me on a potato in front of the whole town—that is reality. I'm never going to win anything. I'm just going to humiliate myself high on a potato so that everyone in town gets a good view of me making a fool of myself. Finn and Loretta were stunned. Neither of them had witnessed April being self-aware before. They didn't realize she was capable of it. Loretta, who normally had no qualms about bullying anybody into doing anything, suddenly felt ashamed to have pushed her sister into this. April may be violent and angry, but really she had good cause. She'd been let down by a lot of adults, and she'd had a lot of upheaval to deal with in her young life. You know, you don't have to do anything," said Loretta. "No one's kidnapping you or holding a gun to your head. If you want to walk away and go home right now, you can." April took a deep breath. She was going to quit. It was clear from the uncertainty that flashed across her face. "No way," said Finn. Finn said, "Loretta, don't. If she wants to walk away, no, that's not happening." Said Finn, "Not on my watch." He looked April squarely in the eye, which is a thing he usually avoided. Like silverback gorillas, just looking at April could make a fly into a dangerous rage. But on this occasion, he did it anyway. "You are April Pesky. You aren't afraid of anything. You aren't afraid of bears or head injuries or dart gun wielding animal control officers." You may drive us all nuts with your rage and violence, but your bravery is epic. If you're brave enough to take on wild animals and deranged adults, then you can do anything. You are brave enough to face riding down Main Street on a giant potato wearing a dress. Since when have you cared what anyone thought about you anyway? When have you ever let the possibility of a few mean comments stop you from doing whatever you want to do? April almost seemed to swell as her pride and determination flowed back into her. Ask yourself, do you want to ride down Main Street on a giant potato? demanded Finn. Of course I do, said April. It'll be totally legendary. But I'm not wearing this dress. She started reaching around inside the dressing gown for the zipper. But you can't go naked, said Finn. Duh, said April. I'm not going to. You're going to swap clothes with me. What? said Finn. Just do it," ordered April. She was already pulling off the dress. Pumpkin grabbed the hem in his teeth and was trying to help. She might be embarrassed to be seen in a frock on Main Street, but apparently she had no qualms about stripping off in the co-op stock feedlot car park. She and Finn soon swapped outfits. The taffeta on the skirt did make it difficult for Finn to climb back inside the giant potato, but he managed. April felt a million times more comfortable in the black tuxedo. It even had pockets for her dog treats. She gave one to Pumpkin as she picked him up. Come on, sweetheart, we've got a potato to ride. All right, well that's the end of that chapter. Nearly to the end of the book. So until next time, goodbye. <laughs>